Hey guys, welcome to Relatable. Happy Monday. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. Go to goodranchers.com slash Allie. That's goodranchers.com slash Allie. All right, guys, we've got a great show for you today. I'm going to be interviewing a reporter that covered the child drag show that happened in Dallas, Texas over the weekend. Extremely disturbing. We'll be talking about that. He talked to some of the parents that brought their kids there. I mean, just the depravity on display. Unfortunately, this is something that is happening across the country in celebration of so-called Pride Month. That won't be the entirety of the episode. We did have a, an episode last week about the Christian response to Pride Month and some of the craziness that we are seeing, especially involving children right now last week. So go listen to that if you haven't already. But we will be talking about that subject um, some today. We'll be talking about a few other things as well. Mostly just how conservatives and Christians, but conservatives from a political, cultural standpoint, how do we how do we respond to things like this? Because I think at one point it was just kind of, well, hands off, live and let live. Let's not even kind of fight these culture wars politically or legislatively. That seems to be changing, and I will certainly call for that to be changed. But before we get into everything that we're going to talk about today, I just want to say that I loved meeting a lot of you this weekend at Young Women's Leadership Summit in Texas. It was, it always is wonderful to meet relatable listeners and those of you who have read my book face-to-face. It is very rejuvenating for me. It is a good reminder for me of why I do what I do. There is nothing quite like the feeling and just the gratitude and the humility that I feel when one of you comes up to me and you're crying and you're emotional because of how God has used this podcast or my book in your life. That is not something that I personally take credit for. I do give glory to God for however he has chosen to use the content that we put out for his glory and for the good of other people. And that will never get old. I will never tire of hearing, especially in person, from you guys about how your mind was changed or how you feel your life has been changed because of either a guest that we have had and something that they said, or maybe an idea that was put forth on this podcast or in my book that just kind of revolutionized how you thought about something. I will never tire of people saying that they have become pro-life, that they have become Christians, that they decided with their husband to start having kids rather than putting it off for some you know, arbitrary or maybe self-centered reason, I will never tire of that. So yes, in this line of work, you get a lot of negative feedback. You just do. When you're a Christian, especially when you are a Christian conservative, you're talking about politics and culture and theology. These are some of the most controversial things that you can talk about, some of the most polarizing issues that you can talk about, hot button topics that you can discuss. And so, of course, you're going to get a lot of negativity. You're going to get a lot of ad hominem attacks. You're going to get threats. Some of the most vile things that you can think of, I have heard in my DMs. And yeah, they are so constantly and so 
drastically outweighed by the positive feedback that I get by just the heartwarming messages and emails and conversations that I receive from you guys that I have with you guys when I travel the country. And so that's what makes it worth it because you guys are my friends. You guys are a form of family and community for me and your encouragement, your prayers, your edification, and the relationships that we have formed that God has allowed us to form through this podcast. They just they buoy me and they make it worth it even when it's really hard. And even when there are days when I'm like, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore. The negativity, the harshness, the attacks, they're just too much. Um, Your prayers and your encouragement and the fellowship that you guys bring, they absolutely make it worth it. And so just thank you for that. I wouldn't be here if it weren't for you. Wouldn't be doing this job, that is, if it weren't for you. And of course, my family and my friends in real life are also what keep me grounded and keep me stable and remind me what my mission is and what my purpose is. And also remembering that God is sovereign over all of it and that I simply want to go wherever he leads. Um, And that should also be encouragement to those of you whom I have not met or have not interacted with in messages or emails, that there are so many women, like-minded women, who listen to this podcast, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands each month, who listen to this podcast and are... um, and are worried about the same things you're worried about, afraid of the same things that you are afraid of, hoping for the same things that you are hoping for. And I wish that we could, maybe one day we will, there will be a relatable conference maybe one day where we can all get together and you can find the lifelong friends that I know a lot of you are really desperate for in your own lives. Um, And so just keep that in mind that you're not alone. And even though I think that we are as conservative Christians in the minority on a lot of things, you are certainly not alone. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of women just who listen to this podcast, not to mention all the women who are like-minded who don't listen to this podcast, who are willing to stand up with you, to link arms with you, and to share arrows with you. And we are all salmon together swimming upstream and um, we are not alone. And that, that fact alone should be encouraging to you. Speaking of that, speaking of that, we have new stickers and lots of new merch on our merchandise website. All you have to do is go to the description of this episode. If you're listening or if you are watching on YouTube, we will have a merch link. You can go there. You can see all kinds of fun t-shirts that we have. And we also have stickers. One says, be a salmon. We've got a politics matter because policy matters because people matter. That's a little bit, the sticker is a little bit more masculine than the t-shirt. So maybe, you know, if you're a guy relatable listener or you've got a a guy in your life who likes that phrase, you can get that for him. We've also got raise a respectful ruckus sticker. We've got lots of new stuff that's coming out too. Um, So we, we just like, we just decided all of a sudden a few months ago, we were like, we need a ton of new merch and you guys have responded so well. So we've got lots of stuff. If you've got any recommendations or things that you are thinking of for merch, just let me know. Um, Let's see. Okay, let me take a break before we get into the rest of what we're going to talk about. Um, And let me tell you about our first sponsor for the day. And that is, of course, Good Ranchers. So it's grilling season. We love grilling at our house. We love grilling steaks. We love grilling hamburgers. My husband loves barbecue. He's really good at all of that stuff. And that is why I love partnering with Good Ranchers because Good Ranchers is the place to get American beef, chicken, and seafood this summer. They sell 100% American meat and ship it straight to your door on dry ice. Right now, 
They are giving away two free 18-ounce prime cinder-cut ribeyes to every person that uses my code Allie. That's over two pounds of prime ribeye steaks just added to your order at no cost to you. You can make a one-time purchase at goodranchers.com slash Allie or subscribe and save $25 on each box. That is in addition to those two free 18-ounce boneless ribeyes. This is a great Father's Day gift as well. Father's Day is coming up. Maybe you give your husband, your dad a one-time order, or maybe you buy that subscription. He's been thinking about it, and you can just go ahead and bite the bullet, get it done. That would be something I'm sure that he would really appreciate. This is not the time to wait. Claim your advice today before they run out. This is a limited stock item. So first come, first serve. You want to take advantage of this deal now. You want to be first when it comes to Good Ranchers. They deliver the best of American farms and ranches to your door. Make sure you take time today to go to goodranchers.com slash Allie or use my code Allie at checkout. That's goodranchers.com slash Allie. Okay, let's talk about some of this craziness that's going on. And then maybe I'll try to end us on like a positive note so we don't just get dragged down into this depravity. That is a pun that I didn't even mean to make as the word was coming out. But uh, we're going to talk about what was happening in Dallas, Texas over the weekend and probably what is happening in your area too. And that is that a bar in Dallas, Texas called Mr. Mr. M-R period, Mr. M-I-S-S-T-E-R, um, decided that they were going to host an event over the weekend called Drag the Kids to Pride. And the reason that we're talking about this one is because it was kind of going viral on Twitter over the weekend, lots of people talking about it. It was billed on Eventbrite as a family-friendly spinoff or famed champagne drag brunch. Now, drag brunch. Now, why anyone would feel the need to invite kids into this mess, I'm not really sure. Well, actually, I'm pretty positive why someone would want to bring kids into a sexual environment like this, but um, I'll just leave that up to your imagination. So the advertisement said, our under 21 guests can enjoy a special Mr. Mr. Mocktail while the moms and dads, um, and that's just interesting, moms and dads, wow, this is just cis hetero patriarchal language right there uh, can sip on one of our classic Mr. Mr. Mimosa Towers. Do you want to hit the stage with the queens? We have five limited spots for young performers to take the stage solo or with a queen of their choosing. So we're about to play you a just a short clip of what was happening there. There were a lot of images and a lot of videos that were being circulated on social media of the weekend uh, over the weekend. And I I don't want to play all of them and I don't want to show you all of them if you're watching on YouTube because it truly is so disturbing and I'm just not sure if it provides anything helpful or productive for you to see all of them. The reason why I'm even playing the little clip is just so you know that I'm telling the truth, that this is something that was actually happening. So I'll just describe to you before I I play one clip. There are men, if you don't know what a drag queen is, there are men who dress up as women and really they're caricatures of women. Caricatures of very raunchy women. Caricatures of strippers, I would even say. So they're in this very scandalous attire. They've got their fake boobs on and they've got their like fishnet tights that again, everything is very revealing. They've got their hair super done up. They're wearing a ton of makeup and these are men and they're twerking. 
and they're doing the splits and they're doing these kind of very sexual movements, probably not as sexual as they could be, but still it's a very sexual experience. I mean, it looks basically like what you would see at a strip club. And yet these are men. So for some reason, this has to do with pride. For some reason, this is family friendly just because they're men dressed up like this is very confusing. And as you will see in the clip that we are about to play, there is actually a child who is prompted by her parent to give this drag queen who is doing the splits in this like leotard and tights, basically a thong in front of this kid. And then the parent prompts this poor child to give this man money. So here is that clip. I mean, that's just so disturbing. It really does break my heart. And if you're not watching on YouTube, there is a sign that is illuminated in the back that said it's not going to lick itself. Now, tell me, can you just tell me, like, what parent, what parent would bring their child to something like this? Because we can talk about the event organizers. We can talk about the owners of the bar. We can talk about the drag queens, all perverts. Yes and amen. We all agree with that. But these events would not be happening if there were not a demand, if there were not parents who would take their children. I mean, we're talking about eight, nine, 10 year old children, if not even younger than that, bringing them into a bar in which scantily clad men are dancing sexually for money and then inviting these children to dance with them in front of other adults who are throwing dollars. This would not be happening if there were not parents who are completely deluded and depraved in their minds with calloused hearts who would bring their child to this kind of madness. Yes, I do think, as I said on Twitter, that this should be criminalized. I think that this should be illegal. I think every Republican legislature and every Republican governor should right now be drafting a bill to make this kind of thing illegal. And honestly, it could probably be interpreted based on the laws that are already on the books as child sex abuse. I mean, this is a form of psychological abuse. You know, showing a child pornography is against the law. How is this any different? This is a form of pornography. This is sexually explicit content. Now, maybe you as an adult don't think so. Maybe you don't think it's super sexual. But yes, a man dressed as a caricature of a raunchy stripper dancing in front of children for money is absolutely a form of sexual content. And kids, because they cannot consent by nature, that's what the law says. That's, of course, what common sense tells us, that they cannot consent because their minds are not fully formed. They are not capable of consenting this uh, to this kind of thing. They are being forced by adults to watch sexual and pornographic material. And so absolutely, if it is not already illegal based on the laws on the books, it should be made explicitly illegal. And the bar owner, the drag queen, the event, the drag queens, the event organizers, and the parents should all be held liable. Now, I will leave it up to the lawmakers what they think the consequence should be. I think it should be serious. People should be afraid to, um, to organize events like this. 
they should have to at least weigh their risks. You should at least, if you're going to organize an event like this and advertise it publicly, you should be forced to calculate the risk and ask yourself if you want to spend some time in jail, is it worth it to you? The fact that they thought that this was all well and good, that they would get a lot of support, that they would get a lot of business, that they wouldn't get a lot of pushback, that tells you where we are as a society. And this is in Dallas, Texas. Now, before I give more commentary on this, I do want to bring in the reporter who exposed all of this, who infiltrated this godforsaken event and showed us what was actually going on. And I want him to talk about his feelings because this is a guy who has reported on a lot of different things, a lot of scary events that have gone on. And yet he says that this was this was the worst of them. And so I want you to hear him articulate why that is. So I'm going to play for you that interview. Before we get into the conversation, though, let me tell you about our second sponsor for the day, and that is Bambi. So Bambi is an HR platform that is built for small businesses. If you run a small business, you know that you can't just put HR to the wayside. Like you actually have to care about your human resources issues. And yet you've got a problem. You don't have time yourself to run HR, but you can't pay someone seventy-five dollars to $80,000 a year to do all the things that an HR manager does. So to solve your conundrum, you need Bambi. Bambi is an HR platform built for businesses like yours so you can automate the most important HR practices and get your own dedicated HR manager. So first, Bambi's HR autopilot automates your core policies, workplace training, employee feedback. Then your dedicated HR manager will help you navigate the more complex parts of HR and guide you to compliance. Available by phone, email, real-time chat, whereas an HR manager can cost up to $80,000 a year. With Bambi, your dedicated HR manager starts at just $99 a month. No hidden fees. You can cancel at any time. What I love about Bambi is that it is created specifically for small businesses. Bambi wants you to succeed. They want your small business to do well, and they understand that HR is something that you cannot ignore. From onboarding to terminations, you need this affordable, dedicated, um, online, virtual uh, HR manager to help you navigate all things HR. They've received thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot. Their customers are four times less likely to have a claim filed against them. That in and of itself makes this worth it. You run your business, let Bambi run your HR. Go to Bambi.com slash Allie right now for your free HR audit, spelled B-A-M-B-E-E.com slash Allie. That's Bambi.com slash Allie. Taylor, thank you so much for joining us. Could you tell everyone who may not know who you are and what you do? Yeah, my name is Taylor Hansen. I'm an investigative journalist and a field reporter. I've covered, you know, well over 20 riots in the past. Usually I'm covering civil unrest, but a lot of times I go undercover. I blend with extremist groups. And in this particular situation, I dress in a tutu and a pronoun shirt and infiltrated a uh, child's drag show. And why did you decide to cover this child drag show? So I actually saw the event listed. It was openly listed on Eventbrite on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And I was really intrigued that, you know, they were openly advertising this at a gay bar called Mr. Misters. I looked up the Yelp, you know, the signs all over the walls that says, you know, uh, I licked it. So it's mine. Lick me all over. So right as I saw those signs, I mean, I 
instantly knew I knew it was going to be, you know, turn into a huge situation if someone was actually able to get in and expose what was going on. So that was my thought process was going in and trying to help those kids and really show that, you know, this isn't happening in California. This is here in Dallas, Texas. Yeah, a lot of the clips were circulating online. We just played a short clip. I didn't want to show too many images because honestly, it's so disturbing. And I saw a clip of you that you posted on Twitter after you covered this event that that's what made me want to talk to you because you said something that was really heartbreaking to me. You said that this was probably the most disturbing event that you have covered. And you just said that you've covered riots. So you've seen a lot of violence, a lot of depravity. And yet this uh, apparently family friendly drag show with kids involved, you said was so, so stomach turning and disturbing. So can you just talk a little bit more about that? Describe your experience and what made it so difficult to watch. Yeah, I mean, right from the get go, you know, I, when we were allowed into the events, uh, they, they sat me down at the bar where they were serving alcohol, they were serving drinks, and I had a child sitting next to me. And, you know, I thought that was odd, one, that kids were even in the bar in the first place, and two, that yeah. he's sitting at the bar with me. And I mean, the biggest thing from the event that really kind of got under my skin, I would, I would say, is that video you're referring to where I was talking about that child and overhearing the conversation of where you know, he's talking with the bartender and he says, no, I'm not gay. And his mom butts in and says, no, he is gay. Don't let him lie to you. And the kid just looks defeated. I mean, he doesn't want to be there. How old child about, would you say? He, had, he was probably under 11 years old. Mm. Wow. Yeah, and he, he, you know, he solved his Rubik's Cube three different times while he was there. He didn't pay attention to, you know, these men walking up and down the aisle, taking cash from these other kids and these parents. Uh, so I really felt bad for, for that child. But that was just, you know, the, the tip of the iceberg. I mean, you had parents feeding their kids money so they could hand them to these, you know, drag queens that are supposedly there to empower them. I mean, that's really how they framed this whole event. And that, that's what really disgusted me about it is they framed it to be accepting of yourself and your true self. Meanwhile, you have, you know, a lady across the aisle that's forcing her kid to wear a don't mess with trans kids shirts. And, you know, they're, there was one portion where they actually danced with the kids and had them walk down with their favorite, you know, model of the day. And the one, the very first kid that walked down, I mean, he, he was just miserable. He didn't want to be there. He was having a terrible time. I mean, and these kids don't even understand any of this, Mm -hmm. but yet their parents are bringing them to these, you know, hypersexual events where there's gender neutral bathrooms at, you know, Mm -hmm. a, a boy and a girl can't even go to the bathroom in separate areas. I mean, truly, you know, I'd rather be tear gassed over 100 times again than have to sit through an event like that. Wow. And this is happening in Dallas, Texas. This is not happening in Portland or Seattle or New York City or L.A., the places where people, I guess, kind of expect for this is to, uh, this to happen. This is happening in Texas. Was that surprising to you? Oh, it was. I mean, it was more than surprising to me. That's that's really kind of what got me, you know, to really get there is. You know, I I expected it in California. You know, we've seen videos of kids being given cash at bars and them dancing for adults. That's a California thing. You know, grooming is openly accepted out there. But here in Dallas, Texas, you know, 30 minutes away from where I live and many of, you know, all these journalists out here in Texas live. I mean, it was just mind blowing to see that this was actually allowed and that there was no public pushback. And thank God for John Doyle organizing the night before, you know, to kind of push back on these people, because if he hadn't, I mean, not a single person would have shown up and 
no one would have even really known about this. It wouldn't have turned into anything. They would have continued to do it. Were you able to talk to any of the parents or any of the drag queens at the event? Yeah, so I did talk to some of the parents and the drag queens. Uh, the parents, you know, of course, they were very kind to me and upfront with me because I was wearing a tutu. Lots of compliments on my tutu, so thank you for that. Um, but a lot of it, I mean, it was really troubling. You know, they were talking about how their eight-year-old kid identifies a certain way, but it doesn't make any sense in my mind because, you know, logically, this child is a child and they're at the most important stage of development and these parents are just feeding them lies. Um, you had a lot of the parents really concerned about the protesters outside and what they were saying. They were telling cops to arrest them, even though they were the ones bringing in underage children inside this gay bar. Um, so, you know, it was just an overall terrible, terrible experience. And although uh, Budazoni, uh, Elijah Schaefer is a good friend of mine as well. And, you know, we got this big old journalist group and I couldn't, you know, be more grateful to Aldo for doing what he did too, because he made it inside. And he actually secured interviews with two of the drag queens, uh, the drag queen that you see Alex Stein confronting later on in the day, and then the drag queen that actually was the most provocative uh, towards the children that was doing splits for the children. So he secured both of those interviews. And in the interviews, they openly talk about, you know, how exposing kids to drag is going to make more drag queens in the future. It's going to create more, you know, it's going to large in the LGBTQ community. So, I mean, they're openly saying what they're going to do. They're grooming these kids. They don't care. They see it as a good thing. They say we have more support now than ever. And which is sadly true. But I mean, they're openly grooming these kids. They don't care. They think it's a good thing. And they laugh at you if you call them groomers. Wow, it is absolutely heartbreaking. And there was some hostility against people like Alex Stein and other mm -hmm. people who were trying to report on this, correct? Yeah, yeah. I, I actually personally saw Alex get assaulted at least five different times. And, you know, my, my girlfriend was assaulted there. She's minding her own business, wasn't saying a word. She was spat on by a guy that was driving by for no reason. I was assaulted. I mean, there was very well easy, at least four police reports filed that day. Um, but whenever the the counter protesters, you know, all of these Catholic men that are, are literally praying for these people are trying to do anything, the cops will get in front of them. But and then, you know, the minute that the, the attendees and the security, an Antifa group out here in Dallas, they attack people, you know, they harass people. They actually chase the guy out of the event and were pushing him, punching him, hitting him with flags. And the cops essentially tried to arrest the other guy that was actually being abused by these people. I mean, so Dallas PD, you know, I, I come from a family of law enforcement, but I'm very critical of law enforcement when they do their, don't do their jobs. I mean, they had TABC called. There was underage kids in the bar. There was people assaulting, you know, others. And they weren't doing anything. They were just standing by. Wow. It does seem like left-wing violence is state-sanctioned violence in many cases, especially in these liberal areas. Well, thank you so much for covering it. I can imagine just the dark and heavy feeling that accompanied being a part of something like that or just witnessing something like that. But I am thankful that you exposed it because I do think sunlight is the best disinfectant. And so we do need courageous people to uncover dark things like this. So thank you so much. And thanks for taking the time to come on today. I really appreciate it. Of course, it's the least I can do. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. All right, before we get into the rest of the show, let me tell you about our first 
third, not first, third sponsor for the day, and that is Raycon. So if you guys do not have wireless earbuds yet, what are you doing with your life? It makes things so much easier when you can walk around your house, do the things that you need to do without those tangled wires in your phone in your pocket as you're trying to listen to this podcast. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. They've got optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit. These earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge. They offer three sound profiles to match what you're listening to, plus noise isolation and awareness mode, so you can choose to be immersed in sound or be able to hear your surroundings when you need to. Guys, this just makes my life so much easier when I am able to like talk on the phone or listen to a podcast or listen to an audio book and clean the kitchen or go on a walk or whatever I need to do. And they look really cute. They've got like rose gold and different colors that kind of meet your liking. And I really appreciate that about Raycon, plus the fact that they are a lot cheaper than their competitors. They give you eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. When you need to charge, it's super easy. You can even do that wirelessly. So check out Raycon's wireless earbuds. My guess is that you're going to want to leave them a five-star review too. Go to buyraycon.com slash Allie today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buy, B-U-Y, Raycon.com slash Allie to score 15% off. That's buyraycon.com slash Allie. All right. So as I was saying before that interview, I think, based on what we've seen, that Republicans should be calling for a formal legal ban on this stuff. And there's really two reasons for that. Number one, because it's child sex abuse, as I already said. And I firmly believe that. I'm not going to backtrack on that. I'm not going to caveat that. And number two, because it would cause Democrats to then defend it. Because Democrats, of course, have to knee-jerk defend anything that Republicans are against. And so it would force them to try to defend child drag shows. It would force Democrats to try to give an answer for why why they think children should be invited to shows where scantily clad men are twerking for money. Why do they think that's good? Why do they think that's something that is necessary? Why do they think that's something that's beneficial to children in society? And how far, by the way, do you want this to go? Like, how much do you actually want to involve children in this kind of behavior? Yeah, we're going to keep calling you groomers until you stand up against this kind of thing. You know, I really think that conservatives need to flip the script as much as possible because I don't think that kind of falling back and just saying, well, we're not really going to engage in the culture wars or we're not really going to play offense on this. We're just going to be placing defense or playing defense on all this stuff. I don't think that it's worked very well. I think conservatives are constantly worried that other people are going to think that we are extreme or hateful or wrong, when in reality, left-wing positions on every issue are really the radical positions. It is not radical to think that dismembering a baby is wrong. It's actually radical to think that that's okay. It is not radical uh, to think that a child should not be going to a drag show or that a child, a teenager, shouldn't be chemically castrated or that their healthy breast shouldn't be cut off. It is actually radical to believe that that's okay. It's radical to defend those things. And we need to make that extremely clear. Conservatives are always worried about their friends or other people thinking that they're a certain kind of conservative that is uh, a radical or homophobic or transphobic or that they're extreme on abortion or extreme on guns. Whatever, whatever. Even if you are a moderate on those things, you don't need to be on the defense. You really need to put 
liberals on the defense on those things. Like rather than conservatives being worried about seeing as that kind of conservative, whatever that is, and constantly being on the defense about your views, liberals should be on the defense about this. No, you have to convince me that you're not that kind of liberal. You need to convince me that you're not an extremist. You need to convince me that you are not a pervert who defends these kinds of grooming activities. Oh, you tell me you're a liberal? You tell me that you are pro-Pride Month? Well, you need to defend to me and explain to me the positions of the people who are on your side. I think conservatives are so worried about being associated with other kinds of conservatives or with certain kinds of Republicans. They really want to make a distinction between themselves and Republicans that they maybe see as embarrassing or too extreme on certain issues. Again, I think that it should be up to Democrats and up to liberals to explain to us why are they different, how they are different than the people who are pro-drag queen story hour, pro-gender ideology, pro-bringing kids into this madness. They should be the ones that are on the defense. Republicans should be the ones that are on the offense. That is why I think that conservatives, that Republicans should take every opportunity and use every tool that is constitutionally available to them to push back against this stuff. Absolutely. Parents should really start considering whether or not it is worth it to them um, to bring their kids to things where their child is going to be preyed upon by men who are basically strippers wearing makeup. Now, I don't, I, I, I don't want any of this to even be a conversation. I think parents in general do what is best for their children or do what they think is best for the children. But should there be a criminal punishment and liability and accountability for this kind of child sex abuse? I absolutely think that there should be. Seth Dillon, who's the CEO of Babylon B, made a funny tweet. He said, we need a show called To Catch a Groomer where cops organize fake family-friendly drag shows and then arrest all the parents who show up with their kids. Um, it's a joke, but are we really against it? I mean, we are we are talking about we are talking about degrading the minds of children who are simply not ready to see this kind of thing. They're not ready to have sexual encounters. It messes a child up. It messes them up sexually and it just messes them up psychologically. There was an op-ed, it was either last year or in 2020. In the Washington Post, where a mother argued that kink needs to be kept in pride expressly because she wanted her kids to see it. She wanted her young kids to see men wearing leather thongs and uh, spanking one another with leather whips and leading one another on leashes like their dogs because she thought that it started a good conversation and made them more open to that kind of thing. Yeah, that's psychological sexual abuse of a child. And if that's the game that we're going to play, if that's the thing that you're going to do, then you cannot expect conservatives not to fight back. You know, we started this whole sexual revolution with the idea that people just want to be left alone that we should have no say over what two people do in their bedroom. Two consenting adults, if they want to engage in certain kind of behavior, they should be able to engage in that. That's how the whole conversation started. That's how the revolution started. And they should be able to visit one another in the hospital. That's all, that's all well and good. However, some people warned, well, you know what? There may be a slippery slope here. Like this may lead to some other things that we're not okay with as a society. I do not think that we could have even envisioned how slippery the slope would be. 
if the premise of the whole sexual revolution had actually been true and it had actually been about what consenting adults do in their bedroom, I don't think anyone would care. We wouldn't be having culture war conversations. We wouldn't even be discussing it because no one really does care. No one's trying to stop that. But when you bring children into the fold, when this starts to look more like predation than private acts between consenting people, when this is more about grooming children into certain behavior than just someone's personal stated identity, yeah, we're going to have a problem. This is going to become a culture war issue. And look, you're pushing too far. You're pushing too far when you're advocating for things like child drag shows and the chemical castration of children. You're pushing too far. It's too much, too fast, even so that even moderates and liberals are going to be against the entirety of the sexual revolution. And the people who warned the moral majority back in the day that warned that things like this could happen, even though I don't think that they could have even imagined all of this, they're starting to be vindicated and proven correct. And how this is going to crash and burn, how this is going to clash, it's not going to be pretty. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know when enough people are going to be fed up. I don't know when enough people are going to just kind of wake up to the reality of what is happening in some of these enclaves of gender activism. Um, but they will. And the clash, the crash of it all is, as I said, not going to be pretty. According to the Daily Wire, Michigan GOP gubernatorial candidate Tudor Dixon says, I'll criminalize involving children in drag shows. She says, as governor, I sign a bill that creates severe criminal penalties for adults who involve children in drag shows. This type of behavior is criminal child sexually abuse abusive activity. We will make Michigan the toughest state in the country on child sex abusers. Go you. That's based. I hope that was inspired by my tweet. And I hope that this person is elected the governor of Michigan. And perhaps in response to my tweet, there is a Texas legislator by the name of Brian Slayton, who represents HD2 in Texas, who said drag shows are no place for a child. I would never take my children to a drag show. And I know Speaker Dade Felon, uh, Phelan and my Republican colleagues wouldn't either. I will be filing legislation to address this issue in the new Texas ledge. So he put out a, um, a press release saying following several news stories and videos over the weekend in which underage Texas children were subject to inappropriate sexual content by adults, State Representative Brian Sl uh, Slayton announced he plans to file legislation protecting kids from drag shows and other inappropriate displays as soon as the next legislative session begins. Rep uh, Representative Slayton has already announced that he will continue his fight to make sex change therapies on minors child abuse. Similar legislation was killed by Republicans in the Texas House in 2021. So good for him. Politics matter, policy matters, people matter. And by the way, Twitter matters. Saying things like this actually can make a difference. So keep on holding your representatives accountable and pushing for this kind of thing. It can make a life-changing difference in the lives of the kids who are victimized by this ideology. There was a pastor, according to Blaze Media, that said drag queen, or, uh, so the headline says drag queen, pastor declares God is nothing in blasphemous profanity-laced video. Isaac Simmons, United Methodist Church candidate for ordination and associate pastor at Hope UMC in Illinois, uh, 
said that he is a drag evangelist who goes by Miss Penny Cost. And he says that the that God is nothing, that the Bible is nothing, that religion is nothing. God is nothing. But if she were, she would be, yes, queening her way down the runways of Paris and Montreal, strutting between that tightrope pulled taut between absurdity and opulence, balancing between too much and never enough. And the reason why I think that it's actually important to bring this person up who considers himself a a Methodist is because this is really what it all comes down to. We talked about this last week when we were talking about Matt Walsh's What is a Woman documentary. It comes down to the denial of truth. It comes down to the denial of reality. It all comes down to the denial of God and the existence of a creator who made us male and female. It all comes back to the to the rejection of the idea of a higher authority who created us and tells us who we are. It comes down to the rejection of truth. So really what we're all, what we're having here is not a culture war conversation or a political debate. It really is a theological discussion about who made us. Do we get to declare who we are? Do we get to choose our gender? Do we get to choose our identity? Do we get to choose our own truth and morality? Or does all of that exist, pre-exist us? Is there a God who tells us, who we are, and why we are here, and what our identity is. That's really the great debate in all of these conversations, not just about gender and sexuality, but even in the role of the government, even in like the right of self-defense, it all comes down to who you believe made us, where our rights come from, what human nature is, what sin is, what society should look like. We are seeing the manifestations of the fissures in the very foundation of our society, which is always theological. A society is always determined by what they believe or do not believe about God. And that is where we're seeing the consequences of all of that now. Okay, so that's enough of the sickness and the depravity of our culture for now. I told you that we were going to end on a lighter and a more encouraging note, and I really meant that. But just to summarize all just to summarize all of this, everything that is happening, there uh, the revolution is pushed too far. The depravity has gotten so great, so in your face that it is finally and fully preying upon the most vulnerable, as it always does. Children are always the unconsenting subjects of progressive social experiments. And there is going to be a backlash like you've never seen. And part of that backlash needs to be legislative. Republicans need to um, understand that their constituents are not going to tolerate this kind of thing and that there actually needs to be some legal pressure on the entities that are preying upon children and grooming children in this way. It's child sex abuse. Republicans need to see it as what it is, and they need to respond accordingly. And we, as constituents, need to be putting pressure on our lawmakers to do just that. So now I'm going to remind us of what's important and end on a lighter and a better note than all of that craziness. But before we do, let me tell you about our last sponsor for the day, and that is Annie's Kit Clubs. So you don't want to spend your summer listening to how bored your kids are or trying to wrestle them away from video games. Give your kids creative and constructive kits they will love to make with Annie's Kit Club. So every month you get a new shipment with all the supplies and instructions they need to make a project. You can boost your girl's creativity with craft kits, encourage your young builders with woodworking kits, or support all the STEM projects they learn in school with fun hands-on 
projects. It makes your it makes it easy to keep your kids engaged and productive even when school is out. They've also got kids for you too. Annie's Creative Woman Clubs has like soap making and jewelry making and fun stuff for you. So it's really crafting for the whole family. You can teach your kids the importance of creativity and continuing to learn things even as an adult. All subscriptions are month to month. You can cancel anytime. Go to annieskitclubs.com slash Allie. Get your first month 75% off. That's annieskitclubs.com slash Allie for 75% off your first month annieskitclubs.com slash alley okay so i know how easy it is to listen to all of this and to think wow we have created new forms of evil that the world has never seen before in some ways yes that is true because every society is different we've got different technology we've got different ways of of manifesting evil of being wicked to one another but in another sense there really is nothing new under the sun we've talked before about ancient greece and rome and the world that christianity was born into that sacrificed children not just in a literal way of course that has existed since almost the beginning of human history but also in the sense that children were just subjugated they were sexually exploited they were seen as sex slaves in some ways or they were just pushed off to the side not taken care of seen as less than they certainly weren't seen as human beings made in the image of God. And Jesus changed that. The gospel changed that. This radical equality that the gospel brought to society, that everyone apart from Christ is dead in their sin and everyone in Christ is equally his child, is equally his heir, is a different member of the body of Christ, that there is neither Jew nor Greek nor slave nor free nor male nor female, but we are all in Christ. Those of us who by grace through faith have been saved by him. So this radical equality that the gospel brought to the table and universalized this this Jewish idea that we see in the first chapter of the Bible, that male and female are uniquely valuable because we are made in the image of God that didn't just have a change in the locales where the early church was, but also it really changed civilization. It built Western society. It was the basis for every true movement for justice and liberation like abolition. It is the wind beneath the abolition of or the the, the fight against uh, abortions wings. And so every true and just fight for equality and for rights um, in the West has been motivated by this radical idea of equality, which not only was not true when before Christianity came on the scene, but is also still not true in most of the world today. And so what we are seeing are the manifestations of a post-Christian culture. Pre-Christian world, really, really ugly. Post-Christian world is also going to be really ugly. Once you get rid of this idea that human beings are made in the image of God, that we are all uh, valuable, no matter our age, no matter our size, no matter our ability or disability, no matter our gender, and therefore there are rights afforded to you, most importantly, the right to life, the right to not be murdered, the right to not be arbitrarily detained, the right to due process, like all of these rights that we have enshrined in our constitution that are really based on this biblical idea of human beings having rights that predate the government because we were created by God who gave us those rights. All of that becomes arbitrary. All of that kind of goes out the window. And this idea of children being valuable, again, that is an anomaly 
in world history. It's still an anomaly in the world today. I mean, child marriage still exists in most of the Eastern world today. In most of the non-Christian world, child marriage is not seen as predation. It's not seen as pedophilia. It's not seen as any kind of perversion or paraphilia. It is seen as completely normal and sanctioned by their religion and sanctioned by the state. Christianity is what changed that. Christianity has changed the game for every truly marginalized group, especially women and children. And in this case of what we're talking about, in particular, children. So it should not be a surprise as we enter post-Christian America that we are going to see the continued and the outright, the unabashed exploitation and sexual exploitation of children. Um, that is That has gone on in a variety of ways, again, throughout history, but it's going to be more outright than it has ever been. And Christians simply must carry the torch that Christians since the beginning of the church, the inception of Christianity have carried, and that is to be a refuge of protection for children. So that absolutely means speaking out against this. That absolutely does mean utilizing the tools that we have politically, but also just personally. And of course, all of this very peacefully to push back against this, to push back against the exploitation of the minds and the bodies of children. That is what the church has always done. That is what the church must continue to do to raise a respectful ruckus for this thing that really matters. And I just want to remind you that if you look all the way back to Romans 1, it really describes the world that Christianity was um, was born into. Um, and I won't read the entirety of the chapter. I really encourage you to go read Romans 1. I use the English Standard Version. That is my version of choice. But the the world in which Christianity was born into is described. So, For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creature. Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. I remember one time AOC, I don't know why, but she was talking about the Republican Party and she used those verses, Romans 1 20 or 20, she used Romans 1 25 to somehow condemn the Republican Party. And I was like, AOC, what does it say in the verse after that? It says, For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions, for their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And then it goes on to say, God gave them up to a a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossip, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless, though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die. They not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. So it is a good reminder for all of us that evil takes on many manifestations, has always been around, that it might seem worse and more intense than ever, but really it's just taking on different forms. And the Christian response 
is always to share the gospel, to speak the truth in love, to love the people who are lost, realizing that they are in the same place apart from Christ as we once were, that there is no reason for us to judge them in the sense that we do not think that we in and of ourselves are more righteous than them. The only difference between us and them is Christ. So remembering that humbly, but also being unafraid to represent and speak and push for that which is good and right and true, always for the sake of the most vulnerable. That's what we do. That's what we are called to do. Remembering that the God who is our strength is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's what Hebrews 13, 8 says. And that our call is the church to be a refuge of clarity and courage and truth and love is um, the same as it has always been. And therefore, we have every reason to have courage. We have every reason um, to be loud and to speak up about these things in a peaceful and respectful, but clear and forceful way. So that's what I think that we are called to today. Um, thanks so much for listening. If you love this podcast, please leave us a five-star review. That would be awesome. We've got a lot to talk about this week. We're going to talk about the SBC, Southern Baptist Convention. Finally, talk about the big report on sexual abuse there. We'll talk about uh, the person who we'll talk to, one of the men who is running for SBC president. And um, yeah, we've got, we've got a lot to cover, a lot to cover this week. So make sure you stay tuned for all of that. We will see you back here tomorrow.